Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to The State of Us. Beyond mainstream cable news and party lines, with a millennial and a boomer, the state of us pushes past the noise and uncovers all the issues that matter. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. A massive group of people have organized where they collectively have a seat at the poker table, which was previously invite only. That was the Wall Street Bets founder, the group responsible for recently costing some hedge funds into the billions of dollars as a result of trading uh, GameStop and AMC theaters, sending them soaring counter to what most traditional investors had been anticipating and betting on. We're going to look at the cost of uh, activist or single investors today joining together. Uh, what it means for the future. We're also going to discuss the case for and against investing in Bitcoin. It's uh, racked Lance and I for years, the uh, buy or don't buy of the cryptocurrency market, and when to tap social security. Even if you're not uh, an older individual, this may be relevant for you because it might determine how you plan for retirement, something that we could all afford to be thinking about. So today is very important because it's all about money. And if we're being honest, at the end of the day, that affects uh, what we have a lot uh, in the way of opportunities to do in life. And uh, so hopefully it's obvious why you care. Whether you're involved in any of these things directly, they inevitably have an effect uh, on the economy in one way or another, and therefore they affect each of us. But of course, we couldn't begin a conversation on financials, Bitcoin, and the future of money without. True Chat Senior Historian and an educator of more than 30 years. Here is your friendly redneck liberal, Lance Jackson. Everybody ready to go to Vegas? Because we're talking about investing your money. And, and as you mentioned in the quote to start the show, sitting down at the poker table, you might as well go to Vegas because it's, it's legalized gambling. But talking about money, what is money? Well, according to Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, money, M-O-N-E-Y, is a medium stamped by the government used as an exchange or measure of value. And if you put that along with, we're going to have two, double, double your money today. Currency, C-U-R-R-E-N-C-Y, means a continual passing from hand to hand as a medium of exchange. Which is important because like we did in a recent episode, right, Lance? Understanding the difference between money and currency. Very Traditionally thought so. as the same thing. There's a reason that uh, all those institutions out there refer to it as cryptocurrency rather than crypto money. Yeah, I, I tried to look up cryptocurrency in my Webster's New World Dictionary. A uh, hardbound second college edition, and it's not listed. Really, <laughs> uh, crypto crypto meant imaginary, which I found very interesting. <laughs> Just the word crypto. Now, see if we refer to the New World Oxford Dictionary, money is a noun that is a current medium of exchange in the form of coins and banknotes, 
and banknotes collectively. What I mentioned to you before the show, Lance, part of what's fascinating about what's transpired here, right, um, is traditionally we all kind of think about, or I mean, we've all been taught, right, that the stock market, generally speaking, is uh, you know, determined whether it's going up or down by these fancy smancy investors and their analyses of, you know, what is doing well for companies and what isn't doing well for companies. And it all sounds relatively scientific, except for we know when, you know, panics ensue and investors sell off and then we all get screwed somehow for some reason that none of us really quite understand, other than that people are irrational. Well, this is kind of a flip on that and, and says, uh, it's about companies that we are passionate in, or it's about sticking it to the man. And I think the point is what it goes to show is what you mentioned before. Are you ready to go to Vegas? Because really, at the end of the day, the stock market is determined by supply and demand. If people are buying something, the prices go up. And uh, at its fundamental level, that's what we've witnessed as a result of this. And for those that don't know, Lance, right, it's basically this online community, online uh, group in Reddit, uh, which is a chat-based uh, or form-based, I guess would be more accurate, a form-based um, community where people can share ideas. And the gentleman that started this did so because he had some extra money that he looked at as play money and he wanted to invest in stocks. And he got frustrated because all the traditional online forums he went to basically told him, don't waste your time. Don't bet on stocks. You shouldn't do that. Same thing that most financial advisors would tell their clients, right? Don't waste your time on that. Correct. Um, and he kind of got fed up with that. So he started this. And he even admits he looked at it as gambling, right? I mean, he really wasn't looking at it like it would become what it is. And yet, uh, here's something that has demonstrated the power to uh, literally cost billions of dollars uh, of money to traditional investment organizations. The other part that, that opens this up, when many of these companies offered no trade commissions on sales, you know, it, it gave everybody a seat sure. at the table. So instead of having having to have a hundred thousand dollar buy in to play in the uh, poker tournament in Vegas, you know you need somebody to come up with a hundred thousand dollars to let you sit at the table. Now all of a sudden, you got five bucks, you can play because you can sit at the table with the billionaires. You know, and, and it's hard to talk about this when we also then on the other side are talking about a one point nine trillion dollar bailout to help right. people because yep. of the pandemic. You know, to put it all in perspective, we're talking about the playgrounds of the wealthy here. And I guess to some people, to many of us, that's there's some satisfaction. Oh, you rich people are losing money now? Yeah, now, now you know how it feels. You know, but the whole point is, as you read the article, you have to understand when you play with this stuff, you can lose everything. It's like winning big at the craps table and you look at the guy and you say, let it ride. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody throws craps and now there was all more money than you'd ever seen in your life. And bam, <laughs> one roll of the dice, it's all gone. And therein lies the rub and therein lies the trouble with doing it. It's not that I'm not saying if you want to do this, that's fine. My whole thing is we're not hearing enough about, okay, here's all the plus sides. Here's all the good things. What are the minuses? But we're not hearing about, okay, what happens if you buy it at 400 and it sells at 50 cents is what you right. can sell it at. And you just lost everything 
not only did you lose the money that you made, you lost your initial investment. And if that was your child's college money or your rent money or your food money for next month or your car payment, now what? Well, I think one of the consequences too, Lance, that can be easily overlooked, but the article kind of talks about at the end, right, is at its best, it's about the playground is for everybody. At its worst, it can descend into mob mentality. And none of us should need the reminder of what mob mentality can create uh, just less than about a month ago at the United States Capitol. Now, just to be clear, I am not suggesting that these people, you know, would do the same thing, but I am saying we know that basically anybody is capable of pretty much anything when taken over by mob mentality. And it's easy to get the rah-rah spirit going, but it's also resulted now in some members of these online trading communities threatening and intimidating, uh, you know, the children of these Wall Street investors. And that's one of those where, again, the guy that founded the group said, that's where it goes too far. You know, we're, we're way over the line. That's not what this is about. There's no reason that a child should ever be brought into it in the first place. But you also shouldn't resort to, you know, harassing these other people. Uh, yes, there is a line. There ought to be a line. And we have to be very cautious of that when things like this happen. I am thrilled, Lance, that people are using this as an opportunity to realize, no, you know, the stock market, it doesn't have to be the way it's always been if we don't want it to, because individual people have greater access than they've ever had. And that is great. At the same time, have to be sensitive to, you can't let it descend into totally uh, unresponsible behavior where you are, you know, suggesting that other people deserve to be harmed. That's not okay either. I was talking to somebody I respect just this morning and we were talking about another topic, but they said something that I think fits here. We have a top group and people in the middle strive to get to the top and the people below the middle strive to get to the middle. But what we have now in, in our society, and this was their point, is we don't have that middle group anymore. And so you're either at the top or you're not. And if you're not at the top, the only way you see to get to the top is to take it from the top is to take it from those people. And there's your violence. There's your threats. Okay. If you're in the middle, you think, well, if I just work harder and I do these, follow this model, I too can be successful. And what we've seen in the United States in the disparity of, of income and the disparity of the way people live and the way people get treated, we've just seen a diminishing in their opinion of that middle group. It's just like the Occupy Wall Street movement a few years ago. It's when the people are going to rise up because they don't see a way that they can play the game, that they can't, the rules are such that it's it's not a fair game. So instead of striving to work within the system to get ahead, they try to bring down the system. And I, that's just kind of a my take on what you're calling the mob mentality. And, 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 and I think that's a, a valid point for people to consider and for us to think about as we move forward. Like many issues that Lance and I talk about, it's not all one or the other. It is a true uh, balance and also, you know, thinking about what each the, the merits right of it and also the drawbacks and the things that we have to be cautious and aware of. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we have to do when we talk about the case for and against 
investing in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. We're going to talk about Bitcoin because it's kind of the, you know, it's the um, flagship, so to speak, of of your cryptocurrencies, but it applies sort of across the board. So should you be investing in Bitcoin? Keep it here on The State of Us, and we'll be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the state of us. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. The case for and against investing in Bitcoin. We've got the article linked at thestateofus.org. That's our website, thestateofus.org. We link the articles that Lance and I use to talk about the topics today um, because we want you to have access to the same information that we do. And we want to know what you think. And we make it pretty easy to do that. You can just send us an email, podcast at the state of us.org podcast at the state of us.org. We very much want to hear from you. And uh, as Lance pointed out in the first segment, with Bitcoin trading at more than 40,000 a piece um, at the near the start of the year, end of last year, start of this year, and quintupling in value over just the past year, the question arises for investors, those of us listening to this show, those of you thinking about being investors. Should you get into Bitcoin or stay out of Bitcoin? And if you're in it, should you stay in it or get out of it, right? And uh, there's lots of reasons for caution because part of this is understanding that Bitcoin is a currency. It is a decentralized currency, right? So it, Lance, moves with the ebb and flow of the supply and demand for its existence, right? I mean, at its fundamental level, that's what it does. And that's kind of what we think of when we think of like a dollar bill, but that's really not how a dollar bill works, at least not anymore. No, I mean, it's for for those of you who know a little bit about history, think of the 1848, 1849 California gold rush. That's what we're seeing with Bitcoin right now. There's no, it's just like, well, but gold. Okay. But again, people went, people go crazy and they, you know, and then you, it's just, it drives things. It drives prices. You know, it just drives prices through the roof. And that's what's going on here. One, one thing I found really interesting in the article, it said that just this last November, November of 2020, digital payment processors like Bitcoin spent, uh, merchants collected $270 million worldwide of Bitcoin. So people use Bitcoin to pay for $270 million worth of merchandise. By comparison, U.S. retail sales in November 
were $547 billion. In one month. So, right. In one month. Right. Versus 270 200. million <laughs> to 550 billion in one month. So we're talking about, you know, you can have some Bitcoin, but where are you going to spend it? Now, the article does say that PayPal's talking about starting to accept Bitcoin and everything else. But that's where you're coming from that, you know, this isn't necessarily a currency that, you know, called a cryptocurrency. It's where can you spend it? You know, what can you buy with it? So right now you're just investing that people will start to accept it. And what's driving up the price isn't because it's we'll buy so much stuff. It's that people are just betting that it's going to raise in value because more and more people are going to want it. And when you look at it, it's kind of interesting that you brought up gold because the article shares a a handy uh, chart, Lance, right? That it's actually more specifically a graph. Uh, for those of you longtime listeners, you can appreciate the the difference. But uh, the, the humor it, there. It's not right. It's not incorrect to call it a chart. It'd just be more accurate to call it a graph. Um, so the point is, though, the graph shows you, Lance, kind of ironically, right? The um, people use gold as a security sort of during recessions, right? As something uh, to hedge their bets that's going to go up in demand. But to your point, part of what makes Bitcoin frustrating is when you look at the chart from 1231 of 2019 through 18 of 2021, <laughs> you would clearly have been much better off buying Bitcoin than you would have been uh, buying uh, gold. And for what it's worth, yeah, too, yeah, I gold's think gone other- up about 10% <laughs> in the last you know, year. And Bitcoin has gone up almost 465%. Right. So if you were hedging your bets to cover your losses, if the economy went down, um, yeah, making 8 to 12% or making 450%. There's your, there's your difference. We could fund a, a few things. But part of the problem is, right, to win big, you also need to invest big. Because, I mean, yeah, it's great if you turn $1 into $400. i am not going to pretend like that's not a big deal. But at the end of the day, it's $400, right? I mean, that's you're not going to live off that. You're not going to start a new business with $400, bucks, probably. You're not really going to drastically change your standing with $400. Now, if you had invested, you know, $40,000 or $100,000 or, you know, half a million dollars or something. Now we're talking about uh, taking, you know, a, a decent pot of money there and, and really turning into something that is life changing. But that's part of the issue too with stuff like this that I think, is it exciting if you invest $250 and six hours later you made $200? You know, so you you came away with four hundred and fifty dollars six hour later. Sure, and that's why casinos make great money, Lance. Right? Because the possibility of that thrill is exhilarating. The problem is most times it doesn't work out in your favor, and uh, instead you come away with zero dollars at the end of six hours. Right. You have those four quarters in your pocket, and you stick them in the slot machine, and you win twenty, and you're like, "Oh, this is great!" And you stand there for another fifteen minutes, and after fifteen minutes of hitting the buttons. You're now back to no money. Right. You lost all four quarters because most of us can't walk away. Oh, I bet a quarter in a slot machine. I just won $20. That's cool. Well, let's keep playing. This is fun. Odds are by the time you're done playing, most of us will have lost the the $20 as well as the original dollar. Now, multiply that times $100,000. Number one, how many of us have $100,000 of 
play money to right. Well, and that's where people then take their savings, right, or their safety net, right, and then they get hit. Their their emergency yes. fund, and then all of a sudden something happens and they're in trouble. And then that's that's the minuses, you know. And you don't hear about that because that's expected. Right. I mean, that's part of what we all fail because you read these right. articles and, you know, you hear about these people that it's like, oh, my God, they became millionaires off of Bitcoin. Right. And it's and yeah, that happens. It does happen. What you don't hear about is what's expected, which are the people that did not. Right. That lost everything they put in or only made a couple percentage points, you know, uh, which, again, that's not to discount because, I mean, I'll be honest, I own individual stocks. I have, you know, a mutual fund. I have those sorts of investments and I'm excited when it goes up because to Lance's point, that's human nature, right? I mean, we all want to see our decisions play off well. And I also don't want to sell Bitcoin short and pretend like it's just like playing the slot machines either, or just like going to Vegas. It is safer than those. It is still very risky, right? It's not as safe as, for example, investing in um, you know, something like the dollar. At the same time, it's not centrally controlled, which is part of why people like the prospect of it, because there's no government that's going to uh, be able to manipulate your Bitcoin, so to speak. To your point of taking chances, here's a, a comment from an investment strategist um, at Serity Partners in Chicago. His company's looking into whether or not people should diversify a little bit and buy into Bitcoin. He said, it's like working with venture capital. So he says in venture capital, one in 10 investments is a home run. Two or three lose money and the others break even. The home run makes up for a lot of misses. So you're putting all your eggs in one basket. You've got a one in 10 chance it's going to hit. So what real investors, what, what, you know, people who invest for a living typically do is they'll invest in 10. And they know they're going to lose in two or three of them. One's going to make them a lot of money. And six or seven are kind of, you know, the remainder is like, eh, you know, win some, you lose some. I mean, that old adage. And so the problem is those those people like us, we're like, oh, this is the new hottest thing. We go into it and we, we shove. So I said the Vegas reference, we go all in and then somebody throws craps and we're out. And we're like, oh. But to people who do this all the time, they right. expect that. They know that, okay, we're going to divide it and put it into different buckets or to different groupings here. And we're going to hit on one. We're going to win and lose, you know, six or seven and we'll lose a couple. But the one we hit is going to cover all of right. our other losses. And, and, and individual investors typically don't do that. They go all in on one thing and then it's, it's, it's hit or miss. I think one of the good points, Lance, that's made in the article is uh, it, it's, it reads the following. There is no obvious way to determine Bitcoin's fair value. Bitcoin stands as a store of value only because some investors believe in it as one, right? Quote, Bitcoin depends on the faith of investors and nothing more. It could equally well go to zero tomorrow if 10% of investors sold, end quote. And the point there is, um, again, not to say that it doesn't have value because what is value in everything? It's what we decide the value is. In some cases, we have artificial and uh, regulatory stops in place, right, to ensure a certain uniformity of 
value. But at the end of the day, folks, it's like when we talk about what's a dollar bill worth? It's worth what we say it's worth, right? Because really it's worth nothing. It's only worth the paper that it's printed on, which isn't much. Well, when when grandpa gave me a dime to go to the candy store back when I was a little kid, I came out with two pockets full of candy. I mean, I shopped for an hour and filled my pockets up for a dime. Now, if I give a young child a dollar to go into the local candy store, they'll come out with two or three pieces of candy. So what's that dollar worth? It's a dollar. You know, I mean, that dollar was more, if my, oh my gosh, if my grandpa had given me a dollar, (laughs) I'd have been in a sugar coma all summer, you know? So how much, how much is it? That That's the the point of how much is it actually worth? You know, there's the dollar in, you know, 1967 when I was going into the candy store versus giving a young person, a, a little child, a dollar going to the candy store in 2021. How big a bag of candy are they going to walk out with? That's yeah. what your dollar is worth because that's what society says it's you can get for that dollar. And I guess the point in all this, right, Lance, is it's your money at the end of the day. So Lance and I would never tell you, don't do what you want to do with your money, right? But just keep in mind that the very thing that we call money only exists for the same reason that Bitcoin does, because we've all agreed that it has value. And the minute that we stop agreeing that it has value, it has no value. It's a piece of paper with ink with, with right. on it, right? That's all it is. And somebody says, hey, yes. we'll take that. You know, when you, when you hold out because your Because I can go card. use it for other things that I want. But the minute that that falls apart. Right. Or when you hold mm-hmm. up your phone, right? Yep. You hold your phone up and just say, here, yep. scan that. The only thing that makes it valuable is like you said, the person who's taking it from you says, I can turn around and, and get something that I want for it. That's what yes. makes it valuable. Not not that thing, but the fact that we all say, well, we can trade it for something else that we want. Right. And that's the the same point of, uh, you know, as if the world fell apart, right, or if something happened, you would find all of a sudden that dollar bills don't have much value uh, because they would no longer be a practical means of uh, exchange. And it would become more about, you know, uh, I need flour and Lance needs somebody to chop up this wood. So I'll chop up some of his wood because I got the tools and he'll give me that flower. And and again, why do those things have value? Because they're things that we need that we can turn around and get something for, right? And that's the, it's the principle exactly. of it all. Yep. And if we understand that and you accept the risk of you're playing in a smaller version of that, right? then okay, because you could win big, right? And it is your money. So you should decide what you want to do with it. Um, but just part of what I think you and I don't want to see, Lance, is people going into it and thinking, you know, it sounds really hot and people are buying this and it'll be great for me. And it might be, but one of the reasons that it's great for people is it's people who get lucky uh, and they're the ones that, you know, bought in at the right time and sold at the right time. Or to Lance's point, they're people that can invest in 10 things. So one of 10 actually does make it and it makes it big, you know? Um, and, and those are the things that I don't think always get covered. And that's, that's what hopefully we're able to help you keep in mind, but read these articles for yourselves, the state We've got them linked there. And we're going to talk about social security and when to tap it because online calculators have unlocked the secrets 
of when you should buy or when you should take, excuse me, social security. Something that conventionally has been elusive to some people is now just a matter of mathematical equation based on what you want in life. So when should you take social security? How should you be planning for it if you're younger? Uh, These are all questions that we're going to look at and more. Keep it here on The State of Us. and We'll be right back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are the state of us. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. We've had the opportunity to talk about a number of different things today, everything from activists and individual investors to the idea of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Should you invest in them? Well, that's what we talked about last. Now we get to talk about, it's been the day of financials. Uh, Now we get to talk about retirement, right? And uh, even though for some of us, such as myself, this may be a ways off, for others of you listening, you may be in retirement You may be headed toward retirement pretty soon, but the reality is we can all benefit from this conversation about social security because generally we think, right, I'm eligible for social security. I should take social security. Well, unfortunately, the answer is not that simple. Um, Yes, you can start taking it when you're eligible, but there's a number of factors, Lance, right, that go into determining when is the most effective? In other words, when are you going to get the most money over your remaining life from Social Security? And and the reason that it's not just when you become eligible is it, there's a whole bunch of factors that go into play, like the age, if you have a spouse, the age of your spouse, are they going to be eligible for Social Security? If so, when will they be eligible for it? How much will they be eligible for? And before you know it, it sounds like, oh my gosh, there's 50 things to take into account. When do you want to retire? How much money do you want to have? How much traveling do you want to do? And before you know it, it's like, well, how would I ever you know, balance all these things and really figure it out? Well, the good news is you don't have to because online calculators have made it less a matter of guess and more a matter of reason through the ability to plug in these variables, right? And this article, Lance, that we have linked at thestateofus.org, it walks us through some of those scenarios where you might be surprised at what it advises. Exactly. And, you know, we don't want to forget if you're single or if you're widowed, you know, all of those things are factors when you think about retirement. Besides exactly, you know, what you want to do, how much money do you owe, what do you think your expected bills are, all of those things. And so it's really nice. It's like everything else that we've talked about, um, being semi-retired, I guess, you know, I don't know. Um, there's that as I am, um, there's still so many factors that go into it. And part of it is the current theme we're talking of today as investment. Well, how much time do I have left and what do I want to do with it? You know, as, as, so how much money do I need? And so it is a struggle when you start thinking about all of those things. And I, and I thought I was well prepared and even, this year, as my wife and I both talk about pulling back even more, well, what's that going to mean? What's our healthcare cost going to be? How much money are we going to bring in? Um, so I think it's very important that now we have this 
calculator uh, that people can go. And I guess there's more than one, right? There are multiple calculators out there, um, according to the article, for Social Security where you can go in. And if that's going to be your main source of retirement income, like it is for most people, you can go in and plug your scenarios in and it tells you, was it better to retire at 62? Or if your spouse is continuing to work, should you wait till you're 67 or 68? Or if you're married to someone who's much older or much younger than you, um, should you do this? You know, what is the best, you know, what's your current health situation? You know, should you start getting the money now? Or you think, you know, you've getting a clean bill of health and things look good? Well, maybe you would be better off to wait until the future. So it is nice to know because being in this situation, the more data you can collect and the more information you can get, the more comfortable you are in making that final decision. The other thing is, you know, part of what can sometimes not be taken into account, for example, is do people in your family tend to die younger or older than average life expectancy or are they right about average? Because a lot of times when you're looking at this stuff or when you're talking to financial advisors, right, they're going to assume the average. Well, that's that's great unless you don't meet the average. And then it changes how you make decisions. If you if most people in your family die 10 years before the average person, that's very relevant to what they're going to recommend you do. Likewise, if you most people in your family live to be, you know, 95, that's pretty relevant too. Uh, to what you should do when it comes to taking. And it's not just social security. They have calculators too for like, you know, for example, Lance was a teacher most of his life, an educator. Um, So some people who don't necessarily have social security can find calculators for the social security equivalent, you know, uh, exactly. And, uh, and that's where you can plug in you, your spouse, how long you think you'll live, you know, realistically. And then it's gonna, you know, spit out for you okay, here's here's what makes the most sense, you know, uh, based on your scenario. And the nice thing is you can customize them, Lance, so you can play with them, right? And it's going to show mm-hmm. you um, what you stand to gain and lose. So you might say, you know, it's recommending I wait to be 67 before I take this, but I can't wait quite that long. So what happens if I take it at 65, right? I mean, you can kind of adjust those little things and, and play with it and see what happened? Well, that's the whole point, right? You can you can see, okay, well, I'm going to retire when I'm 62. Okay, this is what I'm going to get. And then you look at your bills and, and what you would like to do in your life and say, okay, I can live on that. Or, well, no, I can't. So uh, I really don't want to, but if I'm going to work, well, I'll work till I'm 68. Okay, now what am I going to get? Oh, well, that looks pretty good. But I really don't know if I can work to 68. I might be able to make it to 65. So you plug in 65 and you're like, oh, okay, that's not a bad situation. And that's the really neat thing is that you can do it for whatever time frame you want. Or if you have, you can also do it the reverse. And that is, I need a certain amount of money. I've, I've figured out my, my, my cost, you know, to do with the things I want to do. It's going to cost me this much money. Okay. You just keep plugging the years of work into the, calculator and it will tell you, okay, at this point, this is when you're going to reach that amount of money that you need. So you can come at it from whatever way your brain works, either, you know, uh, to get the information that you need and, and be a little more comfortable because I will just say, and I know it's hard for you as this young millennial to imagine this, but I always thought, at least for me at your age, all oh, retirement, this is great. 
And I have people come in, oh, isn't it great? And I'm like, no, it's the scariest thing I've ever done, you know, which is why I'm not retired. I mean, I retired from my main job six years ago and I've continued to work every year um, since then, you know, making some level of money. And now I'm making more money than I did when I first retired. Why? Because there's that uneasiness that when, when you say, I'm done, okay, then this is all I have to live off of. And it's a, and it's things cost that you don't think of, right? You know, health insurance is the big one, you know, for us to quit working all of a sudden we're responsible for our own health care, which is why if you wait till that magical age of 62 or 65, whenever you qualify for Medicaid, you know, that's a huge um, issue off your mind. So it's, as you said in your family, that for your dad, that was a big, he took a deep breath. It's like, okay, yeah. that's a cost I don't have to think about anymore. So there are costs that you try to re- think about your whole life that you don't until you get here. Right. And that's, and that's exactly, Lance, to the point of uh, somebody my age, I think people in their 20s, right, should even be, should even be going and playing with this. Because, you know, are you going to be married to the same person? Maybe you're not married at all. You know, who knows? But the point is, if you start looking at it now, right, you start to get an idea now is the time, and we talk about that all the time, right? Now is the time when you're young to be able to start making decisions right now that are going to put you in a better position when you get to that age so that you can really think about what do I want, you know? And you don't have to decide it all now, but at least you can be looking at it and, and that way you're not surprised when you get there, you know? And if you're in your 30s or 40s and you haven't started yet and you're like kicking yourself, oh man, I should have started when I was in the 20s, I, you know, all these people, you know what? It's never too late to start. I think that's the main point I want to make. Yeah. Whenever you get started, you're going to be better off than if you wait to get started. So wherever you are in your life with whether it's $5 or $100 a month or whatever you can do, whatever you start with, now's the right time. It, so don't worry, you know, yeah. don't beat yourself up if you've missed the age or whatever. Just do what you can right now and get started and you're going to be better off. Yep. You can't go back and change what hasn't happened, but you can do uh, something about it right now. And that's why we link these articles, Lance, at thestateofus.org so people have access to those resources. The calculators, some of the free ones that they recommend, Open Social Security, Social Security Solutions, and Maximize My Social Security. Those are all good options, uh, but you can go to the article. You can read about others as well um, or just search them on your own. But that's part of what we try to do here at The State of Us. The reason that we've had the conversation today is to make sure people feel like, you know, uh, whenever you're starting is good and to have the conversation. Because again, that's that's the mistake that's often made is not having the conversation or continuing to put it off. And you don't have to do those things. And with Bitcoin and the other stuff we talked about, those are all part of trying to have those. Let's look at both sides because sometimes when the media is covering this, they're not sharing uh, the full picture with you. So we we try to do that, Lance, because that's part of our mission here at True Chat, right? Right. I mean, currency and money were the themes today and how it affects us and our happiness. And, and we're all different that way. But we just tried to follow the mission statement, which is to educate people by providing honest, open and respectful conversations. And we've done that. We don't have all the answers. And we'd love to hear from you if you have anything that you'd like to add or you think we forgot or that you found important. Then, you know, share it with us at podcast at stateofus.org, podcast at stateofus.org. And also tell your friends about the show. If you've enjoyed it and you're talking to them, 
tell them they can find us on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like Lance said, we'd love to hear from you by sending us an email. It's just podcast at thestateofus.org, which is the same as our website. And that's where all these resources are at. Our show is both a podcast and a syndicated radio program. We release podcast episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays by 4 a.m. Eastern time. And of course, you can hear us in select talk markets around the nation. So be sure to check your local talk station. And if they don't carry us, call them up and tell them they should. For the State of Us on True Chat in Urbana, Ohio, I'm Justin T. Weller. I'm Lance Jackson. Special thanks to our producer, Bradley Butch, and thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Be the change. Be sure to check out our website, thestateofus.org, for books, articles, and all the ways to tune in thestateofus.org.